Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we are recording episode 92, which is all about diversity in fiction. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting discussion. Uh, welcome back to any old listeners that we have along with us and to any new listeners who might be listening in to this podcast episode. Yes, I'm looking forward to the diversity discussion. At first I wasn't sure I had much to say and then I was kind of going through it and I was like, no, I think I have things to say. So <laughs> I think it's quite a hot topic in terms of, you know, like something important that we should all be thinking about. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes. But before we do, we should give a brief update of what we've been up to in the last month or so. So yes. actually, how has your writing been going? It's, I'm going to go with my editing, editing's been going okay. So <laughs> I think I mentioned last time that I was editing, well, reading through and commenting on Darkness Set Us Free and I was lamenting about um the start uh the first third um yeah but then it it definitely got better as it went along so by the time I got to the end I didn't feel so bad about it anymore uh and Sarah's now sent her sent me Price of Pandemonium so I've been going through that and making edits which has been refreshing it's definitely a more polished manuscript um it's quite a but it's relief <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so I'm about or oh, maybe 10 chapters through that one. Um, so it's been Have going quite well. Have you had to well. change much? Just like very small, like change a word here or there or like okay. re, re, like reword a little bit of dialogue if it's Levi sometimes. Like not nothing major. Uh, yeah. Nothing major. Um, what about you? Well, um, as you can obviously tell I finished editing The Price of Pandemonium and sent it to Ashley, um, which was, I felt like there was more in it that I needed to change than I expected because there were quite a few pieces of dialogue here and there where I had to like reinvent, especially with the soldiers. I felt like a lot of their dialogue felt really stiff and like weird. And I was like, people don't really speak like that. Even even if you know they're you're like more formalized in an army situation, like I still don't really feel that that would necessarily speak the way they do sometimes. And so I changed like a whole bunch of dialogue, um, probably for the best. And then, I think you know, like reworded a whole heap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that off to Ashley, and then you know she gave me darkness set us free to have a look at and I can see what she was talking about. I agree <laughs> with the majority of what the comments Ashley has made and like added a few here and there. Um I'm about well and I've just basically finished the first part because it's in yeah. parts this last book. I had to totally skip one chapter and go back to it because I just couldn't deal. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that? 
<laughs> that was chapter five, the Lizzie chapter. <laughs> I could not deal with that. I was like, I started doing it and I was like, oh my Lord, <laughs> like I, this is just too much. And so I just skipped ahead, which, you know, they weren't really much better, but somehow I got through the rest of the first part. And then I like went back just today and I've pretty much finished <laughs> commenting on that chapter. So now I'm on to like the part two. Um, the part two is a bit better, but d- I'm I'm glad that you have similar feelings about the first. I think you were a little bit harsh on like particularly yourself in some parts where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't think that's bad. Or like there'll be like pieces where you've highlighted like a, a sentence and you're like, this needs rewording or like a couple of sentences that need rewording. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's really just like this half of the sentence, like this tiny part here, that's the problem piece. Like the rest <laughs> of it is fine. <laughs> it's just this bit that's making the whole piece feel off. So yeah, <laughs> like I've kind of made a couple of those types of comments, like, you know, ease up, you're, you're okay for this bit. But, um, most of them I agree with and I'm like yeah this bit needs to be like totally rewritten uh it's just really cringy I don't know (laughs) I yeah it it gets better it gets better that's good because it was tough waiting through that first third (laughs) I'm so relieved the same way because I was like, oh no, what if it's just it's just me that like suddenly has this massive issue with the beginning? No, yeah, it definitely needs work. <laughs> Without further ado, though, we should move on to the main topic of this podcast: diversity in fiction. <laughs> yes, I did a little bit of research around this and kind of framed up a a discussion on how I think this hopefully will go. And I thought we could first talk about like what exactly we mean when we talk about diversity in fiction. Because when I was reading about this, there were, kind of, there were a lot of sort of different definitions, at least kind of floating around out there. So I thought at least for us, what do we think it means? So Sarah, did you want to go first? Sure. I think it means that ensuring there's an accurate representation of people across the spectrum from all walks of life. And so to me, that means diversity in different cultures, um, different ethnicities, sexes, um, people who come from a wide variety of backgrounds. And I've always felt that for fiction to be at its best, it's got to be close to real life. And I know some people might hear that and be like, oh, you know, what about fantasy? What about uh, science fiction or like those types of genres? But that's not exactly what I mean. I I don't really mean the setting exactly. Like it could be a fantasy book, but you'd still expect to have variation and human elements in the characters. And to me, that means writing a diverse cast, which appeals to a diverse range of readers. So that's kind of what I think when I'm talking about diversity in fiction Uh, what do you think about it Ashley? A very similar thought Uh, definitely agreeing with the having an accurate representation of the types of people like all the different types of people that could be in your particular world when we're going when I was like thinking about 
you know, the diversity topic, I was kind of thinking about, you know, our YA fiction. And then I was thinking a little bit about our ancient Greece book. And I was like, well, the ancient Greece book's a bit interesting because mm. in ancient Greece, obviously, there's a different, like the demographic of people is quite different and the attitudes are quite different as well. So that's kind yeah. of an interesting, not necessarily exception, but sort of like side bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the diversity part. Like, So I thought that was kind of interesting. I think, you know, like it's considering your setting and considering what diverse looks like in your setting as well. So, I mean, as I said before, you're still going to have like the same human elements. So like there's still going to be maybe diversity in gender and sex and that kind of discussion. Um, But it could also be like, say you do have a fantasy book, like what types of creatures slash people are there? (laughs) Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, thinking about, um, like, science fiction with, like, Star Trek, for example. You know, you've got, like, different. Yeah. Um, I don't like the word race, to be honest, because it's not really an accepted word. But for lack of a better word in terms of, like, science fiction and fantasy, like, and Star Trek, you know, you've got different races of, like, aliens and, yeah. So, Maybe consider what diverse looks like within your setting. Uh, As well as having, obviously, accurate representations of all the different uh, types of people or characters that might be present in your particular setting. I think another important thing about diversity is making sure that the problems and challenges that you bring up for them are also realistic as well and like a good representation of who they are. So that's also important so that they're kind of like you mentioned, Sarah, more real life, like mirroring real life rather than sort of tropey characters, which aren't, well, really what anyone wants, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of leads quite well into why it's important to have diversity in fiction and I guess, well, in nonfiction as well, but we can stick with fiction because we're fiction writers and that's what we know best. It might seem really obvious, but no one is is no one is exactly the same. So we all have our own stories to tell, and this is something to be celebrated and not feared. Um, because if we were all the same, then writing would be the blandest, most boring vocation. Because we would all be telling basically the exact same story. It would be like, ah, I know how this one goes. Story of my life. Because we're all the same. <laughs> So diversity brings interest to stories and it also allows the reader to live in a world that they know very little about but still be able to relate to that world. Um, So on one of our Talking Shop episodes, you know, I talked about the cognitive aspect of reading and that it can build compassion and that readers of fiction tend to have more social awareness than um, of others' thoughts and feelings um, which you're not, it's not really surprising, but as fiction readers or potentially narrative nonfiction can also fit into this category, you live in someone else's shoes for a little while. So it is important to build a diverse cast of characters into your books to create opportunity for readers to do this. Because if we don't have any of this, then when it's quite like, you know, travel is a one way to view the world and view different um, cultures and 
get a sense of what different parts of the world is like. But, you know, like some people don't have that opportunity and they still want to be able to experience different walks of life. And reading is one of the key ways that we do this. So I think it it's really important to be able to provide that for your readers and not everyone wants to read the exact same story set in the exact same town. Like you, you want to go different places in your imagination. Um, you want to be able to see different worlds. So I think having diversity in fiction is really important part of that readers are looking for an experience and although they want to relate to your characters that doesn't mean they're after an experience that mimics the life they already live or talks solely about places that they already know so that's kind of like my key thing but you know I mean the other part of it is that to be sensitive to everyone from different walks of life like it's you want to be able to portray something that people can relate to and having different types of protagonists allow especially people who are growing older like in the young adult fiction genre for example an opportunity to relate to people who might look or be a little bit more like them as well is the other side of the coin is that you need that diversity so that people can relate what do you think Ashley that definitely makes sense I kind of gravitated to the sort of children's and YA fiction as well mostly from a I guess a personal kind of view. So I moved to I moved to New Zealand from Canada in the mid mid nineties, um, and I'm also mixed race. I'm half Japanese and I'm half Canadian, which is a kind of an interesting mix. And back when I moved here, um, where at least the city that I moved to was not particularly multicultural then. Um, it's not particularly multicultural now either. They've had a bit no, it's of... It's um... slowly getting a bit more um, Asian influence, I think. Yeah. Like slowly, Asian but influence. it's still very... It's very like white. White middle class kind yeah, of city. Very much so. Um, so I was... It seems odd that just being that was enough to uh, stand out quite a bit uh, when I moved here. I distinctly remember quite a few memories of that. It was, <laughs> this is how non-multicultural it was in my primary school. There were only two people in the entire school that weren't from New Zealand. Me. Wow. Yeah, me and a girl from Bangladesh. That was it. <laughs> I'm in the entire school. <laughs> So it was oh very, goodness. yeah. Anyways, my, my primary school was very, very, not, not particularly, not particularly diverse. Um, so I got a very interesting flavor for, I guess, New Zealand culture in that, in that school. But also it meant that um, growing up also, because I'm quite a strange sort of mix and an immigrant as well, there wasn't actually a lot of novels where I found characters who were like me basically at all. So, you know, I kind of gravitated to characters that were like, you know, Asian characters. But then when you're kind of half, it's kind of a strange territory to be in. because yeah, you you're like you're straddling a little bit. Yeah, you're like not, not entirely either. that and you're not entirely <laughs> the other one and you're in this other country. So it's a very sort of odd um, place to be. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, being an immigrant myself to Canada, sort of reverse, New Zealand to Canada, I think 
it becomes more obvious like I found definitely the the differences in language become more obvious but also like the American influence here is quite huge like I mean a lot of the products come from America so it kind of like makes sense but then you start thinking out about it on a bigger level and it's kind of like well actually even in New Zealand or like different places you you get a lot of like American literature and American books and it does feel like America like dominates a huge part of the marketplace and don't get me wrong for all the American listeners we love you guys to me it's quite important to write about the places that have been like New Zealand and um, even Canada because I feel like those of us who write in different places it adds to the world as a whole rather than just focusing solely on America although we do Americanize our spelling (laughs) (laughs) that's a different discussion (laughs) that that, yes (laughs) that's more of a um I think that's just like flow (laughs) yeah a marketing choice um but yeah so I think having Diversity in fiction is really important because as young people, you're often looking to see yourselves in characters in books that you read. Like that's, you know, a lot of the reasons why I think as teenagers, you're drawn to specific, um, you know, series and specific books because you can like relate really well to characters, I feel like when you're younger. So I think it's important, especially in children and YA fiction to have a really good representation of the people you know of people in your your world sphere. I guess world yeah. your world. world's better your world yeah because your sphere might be quite closeted and closed <laughs> yes. <laughs> as we'll discuss yes but yes I thought well this actually leads quite well into the next sort of part which I thought we could talk about how we personally have I guess seen the this area so I guess diversity and representation fiction change over the past few years and also I guess past decade and a half as well because I think things were quite different when we were in high school versus how they are now. So from what I've read and seen available it has definitely been changing in huge ways and I think that's something that's really, really exciting, like not only for publishing and writing industry, but for the world in general, because to me, writing reflects uh, current issues that are going on in the world. And it's kind of like a microcosm of the changes happening around us. Like I know that writing can cause change, which is amazing. And one of the reasons why we should keep continuing to include diversity in our fiction. But I also think a lot of the time, rather than it necessarily causing change, I feel like writing amplifies situations that are going on. So that's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it brings issues to light, but it also builds on what's already there. So I'm hoping that you know, seeing more diversity in our writing out in the world at the moment means that the world is slowly waking up to the need to be more accepting of different types of people. Um, So one book that recently comes to mind that I read was The Hate You Give, which faced some extremely strong themes of racism in the US. 
And I think the more that we see of this kind of work, the further we will get to an interesting, creative, inspiring and kind world, um, which is the type of world that I want to live in. Certainly. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like I agree. I think I've also seen change happening. Um, I think back to, you know, some of the series that were popular back in the day and think about books that are popular now and you're like no there's mm. definitely like a difference in what their books are like even um, harry potter series for example like i don't feel like that really went hugely far in terms of diversity and actually <laughs> i remember like there's just one part in one of the movies it's the prisoner of azkaban that like really always gets me where for some reason I I it almost feels like a purposeful like stab in the wrong direction where they have like the one black character that they had on like the movie set Seamus like say I can't remember what the line was but it was something like black could be anywhere <laughs> what like oh, talking yeah. about serious black but oh, like gosh. they had the one black character say that and I was like why <laughs> oh dear like why would you do that even the harry potter series just didn't feel very diverse and like you just think no, it's about not particularly diverse and even um on sort of the more gender stereotypes as well like hermione's still like she's very good but she's still kind of in the um the more stereotypical i guess like female role um yeah I guess she had diversity in, in terms of, like, their world, like, the fantasy world that they were in, like, you know, like, different socioeconomic diversity and stuff like that, but not really, like, ethnicity so much, or I guess there was, like, Pavati and but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's, um, you know, classic of what was kind of out there in yeah. Growing out up, there I think. at the time mm. um I think I actually talked about this briefly in one of our talking shop episodes when we looked at female protagonists and YA novels but when I was thinking about how things have changed over the last decade or so that was the very first thing that popped into my mind the how it kind of began with seeing a lot more female protagonists in our YA novels especially mm -hmm like female protagonists who have interesting and more realistic flaws and strengths. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I quite liked. And also then more diversity in the cast of characters as well. I was, I was going to bring up Tomorrow When the War Began because I remember being like, oh my gosh, there's an Asian character in this. This is very exciting. Lee. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um so I, I remember liking that in that ellie you know, she's quite a strong female in that in that yeah series yeah. as well which is i think why probably drawn to that series a lot I seemed very representative of you know some of the or especially the types of people that are in new zealand and australia if that yes. makes sense <laughs> So, yeah, that's probably why I was quite drawn to that series, as well as the fact that the plot's great. It's very yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I really like that the trend has just c 
continued on from there, like with more and more series and books, um, you know, having a lot more diversity in them. And I think, like, obviously there's still a long way to go. But when I was writing this and doing a bit of research for this, I thought it was important to reflect, (laughs) you know, on progress that's been made. And you're like, yes, there's still, you know, a long way to go in terms of having um, appropriately diverse novels and things. But when you compare to how things were, it's come a long way. So I think it's quite important to keep that into keep that in perspective. Definitely. The other thing that was just I was thinking of is that I did read one book. Uh, I think it was probably about a year ago now, um, where they had. I don't want to use the wrong term for this. For this, a non-binary person. <laughs> and like they they used the word instead of using like he or she you know they they were using the word they which was a little bit like strange for me because I'd never read a book where it had you know where the pronoun was they them instead of he she um, right so like at first it was a little bit confusing because that, you know, I'm used to seeing the grammatical use of that. And I feel like there's a whole other like discussion about that, but I think it's good that we're like slowly including that in fiction too. And like seeing how um, you might use those pronouns as opposed to using, you know, he, he, she pronouns. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting and good. Inclusivity. I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, I was also going to mention a little Sorry. bit about, no, I just, I thought I had finished with my notes, but I realized I hadn't. <laughs> um, well, no, I because th- I've kind of talked about reading um, the sort of progression of diversity in different series that I had read, but I thought I'd briefly mention it in my own writing. So I was trying to think back to what my mindset was like when I was a teenager and, you know, thinking about the, you know, types of characters we had in our books and things. And I think back earlier on um, in high school, this is probably more of a reflection of the school that we were in. I was very hesitant to make our characters particularly diverse, even a character based on myself. (laughs) like I think I like I kept them as actually I don't even remember if I kept her as mixed race or not or if I changed the race like I didn't really keep it as a reflection of myself at all Mm -hmm. it's interesting because it's like and I think that's like a huge thing is that it normalizes like if you don't include diversity it normalizes um having you know those white characters of one race as your protagonist that it almost takes away from your own identity in terms of like when you're trying to build a sense of who you are that you would write only about the people around you rather than yourself yeah does that make sense yeah it was like that's quite sad and I think that's something that needs to change which is well luckily it has because I was thinking, and then I was sort of reflecting now, and now I like wouldn't 
even like think twice about it but back yeah. then I was like how in- like how interesting that's a very it's like something that you wouldn't even do consciously right yeah exactly exactly so I think there's definitely been a mindset change which has probably come from you know there being a bit more acceptance for that and the mm-hmm. you know wider society that you're a part of and you're like oh no it's okay for me to do that if I want to yeah definitely uh so yeah that was an interesting <laughs> I was sitting there like writing these notes and I was like thinking back and I was like it's very interesting I'd never really considered this before but <laughs> yeah it's interesting it, and I was like, hmm. it's kind of scary <laughs> It's kind of scary, to be honest. Like, definitely being like, I couldn't even put myself in it, which seems Mm. very, (laughs) even if, like, their personality was nothing like me. Like, I can see, like, doing it from, like, a marketing perspective where, like, someone might make a purposeful choice of, like, oh, well, it's not acceptable at the time. Like, yeah, back then, like, I'm going to put in these types of characters. But to have, like, a young person not feel comfortable enough to do it on a subconscious level yeah. is kind of slightly disturbing. So yeah. <laughs> I'm very, glad that you now feel comfortable. Well, yeah. And I, I yeah, very, it's just very odd. But then again, I guess when, you know, in high school, I was, you know, you're also very, um, you're quite aware self-conscious of, anyways, yeah, very yeah, aware yeah. about like thing, what you do. So that probably played into it quite a bit as well. Yeah, that's fair. Right, so the next thing I thought we could talk about is how we've tried to include more diversity in our own novels. I think Ashley comments on this a little bit um, in her sort of notes, but... We can just discuss it. Our, Our YA novels that we wrote when we were young, um, adults definitely lacked diversity, which we're kind of touched on but I think was a reflection of both the time period um you know diversity was only beginning to be published in popular novels and due to the socio-economic environment that we were raised in um you know why while I wouldn't say we were rich kids exactly um we were definitely more privileged than many and the school we went to was a semi-private Christian school which didn't rely solely on state funding. Like it's a partial, they call it an integrated, I think a state integrated school or something yeah, like that in New Zealand. But it's basically partial government funding, partial funding from parents. So our parents would pay a fee for us to go to this school every year or every term. So the result, you know, um, was a school that was less diverse and an overall higher socioeconomic status than what most people would experience. And therefore, because that a lot of white people are higher socioeconomic status, then you ended up with like, you know, a more white people sort of middle to upper class and Christian values with the school. So, you know, it is a very specific um environment that we were in and so you know I don't look back on myself and be like oh why didn't I include more diversity in our fiction because we just didn't know any better Um, well and I guess another thing that might be interesting to point out is our school was very segregated from like the rest of the schools in the area so we never really even yeah when they had sister events like they they do it with like sister schools of like catholic schools or like other christian schools so we never really mixed with other mm. it's really bad 
<laughs> we didn't mix with any other schools, really. It was sort of just us. Oh, you had like, you know, competition events and stuff. But at the same time, it's not like you like sat down at like a competition and was like, hey, how are you doing? What's it like at your school? You know, like that's never happened. Yeah, the schools also hated us a lot. So <laughs> it didn't <Yeah>. help. <laughs> You can Probably see for why. Good reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, d- I do want to say, you know, as our life has expanded, we have grown, fortunately. Um, yes. You know, part of <laughs> that growth has been recognizing that we need to include more diversity in our novels. And for me as a nurse, I see people literally from every walk of life. Um, You know, I can think of a few situations where I've even looked after prison inmates when they've needed hospital care, which is really quite interesting because they'll often arrive and they'll be literally like handcuffed to a police officer until they're under an anesthetic for the operation. So that's always a a strange experience when you arrive and then you're like talking to a patient and you're like, um... Yeah, <laughs> so that is interesting. I've had some interesting experiences as a nurse and definitely met a lot of very different people. And so I now have a much broader experience to draw from. Uh, you know, when we edited the young adult books that we wrote, we as we worked new characters and we tried to bring in extra diversity and I think that that has made the books a lot more three-dimensional for our ancient Greece novel there are definitely a few interesting characters from varying backgrounds and we put a lot of effort into researching different cultures in both modern and ancient cultures to give them authenticity so yeah, I think, you know, we're aware of it now. We weren't so much in the past. What do you think, Ashley? I would I would definitely agree. I think the initial attempts at writing our YA novels were really a reflection of the environments that we were in every day at our school. Because that's all you know, right? Yeah. Um, and as well as the city, too, because back then it wasn't particularly diverse either. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> we've mentioned it's a little bit better now but there's been some I feel like a, that's a lot of a lot of New Zealanders like that like you know there's Auckland which has a lot of diversity yeah. like a huge amount of diversity and then you go out into other parts of New Zealand and it's a lot more I just feel like it's a, a lot more um less diverse partly because that people from other countries are attracted to a bigger city with like more Mm. opportunity and also you know that's maybe where you can only find a job is like Auckland right yeah or like bigger centers so when you go out into the smaller towns and the smaller cities there's not as much diversity because that you know those immigrants haven't necessarily made their way into those cities but Mm -hmm. I feel like as the city that we grew up in is growing like it's slowly attracting more of yeah. that diverse it's getting better of, definitely yeah. getting better um so when i was thinking back I was trying to think back to the original versions of when the rain well when the rain falls and that ya series and i think there were a few very weak attempts to include some diversity but none of it was like genuine it was more tropey cringy characters that you're like oh my god i can't believe that is there <laughs> 
<laughs> but going back, we well, one note it was very obvious about the lack of diversity in those original drafts. And we weren't afraid to change some of our characters as well to reflect more yeah. of the New Zealand that we know too. So not just new characters, we did change some of the existing cast as well. Yes. To yeah. make it more reflective of what New Zealand's like, well, like now and was like then as well. So that's, I think, a good thing. And I think I agree with Sarah. It's definitely made our novels like much more um, well-rounded and there's more to them now, I think. They feel more real, which I like. Yeah. Um, And like Sarah said, with the ancient Greece book, that was quite interesting too because it's set, some set in ancient Greece and some is set in the modern world. And in the modern world, it was, well, we ended up choosing quite a, I think a nice diverse cast of characters. Yeah, like I initially was like oh you know we didn't do it very purposefully or or whatever but then I thought about I was like actually you know Cassie's character is we thought about her we did quite a bit like Um, a lot (laughs) and some of the villains in the story yes yes and then in ancient Greece as well um obviously we're constrained by the demographics and characteristics of the people what as you get but yeah (laughs) But that was also a purposeful that, that's choice. That's kind of purposeful because it, it makes them really naive, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it, it's very good at contrasting. He puts his foot in a lot. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> um, anyways, in the in the ancient Greece part of the book, it's yeah really influenced by the demographics and characteristics of the people then as well, which by its nature obviously has some, you know, there's issues of sexism and they still have slaves back then and things like that there's a lot of like different like socioeconomic stuff as well I feel yeah yeah very very class lots of sort of class issues and things which is well I guess we're bound by the rules that were back then so yeah but we've kind of tried to bring in a bit of Mm -hmm. you know feminism a little bit where we could (laughs) 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 to the extent that we can Yes, yeah. Within the rules of their society. <laughs> yes. Um, so was there anything else you wanted to add about that? No, I think we've covered it very well. Oh. Oh. So now I thought we could talk about if there's anything we struggle with when trying to include diversity in our novels. Yes. So I think there can be a fine line between between being inclusive and stereotyping people um, or making assumptions. Like you don't want to include a diverse character only to have that character kind of labeled as like the token black person or the token Asian person. Um, yep. <laughs> you're like, well, that one was like, cause you know how sometimes you just see in some books where it's clearly kind of just like plonked in there and like just for <laughs> yes. the, so they can be like, oh, yes, I write diverse fiction. And you're like, hmm, not really. This is only furthering stereotypes. But anyways, <laughs> um, so you don't want to do that. And as accurately as you can try to make these characters coming from a different background, it's unlikely that you will get everything perfect. Um, you probably will overstep the boundary somewhere, but 
I think it's being open to critique and having open to having a conversation about diversity and how to build a authentic diverse character that counts and I do sometimes you know fear that in writing diverse characters I will accidentally offend someone along the way but I think you know we need to keep trying because if no one tries then it's it's just gonna make for some really flat fiction so (laughs) what do you think Ashley I agree I one of the things that I worry about is the same thing where you want you really want to portray all of the characters in your book as like accurately as you can. And obviously when you've got characters that are more based on yourself um, or things that you're really familiar with, you feel like you've done a good job. But I always worry that despite having the best intentions, I'm going to accidentally misrepresent someone unknowingly. But to your point, I think it's important to not 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 include them okay what's the right way I'm kind of like doing the double negative thing which I really hate it's important to include them anyways <laughs> I do think that you know you might offend a couple of people or even a lot of people <laughs> um accidentally but yes at least yes you're gonna learn from the experience <laughs> At least, at least you're trying, you're growing yourself yes. in doing so. And I think that in itself is important. So we actually had a, this reminds me in one of our author spotlight sections with Kira Lee, we'd had a yeah, really good yep. conversation about diversity in fiction. So if anyone wants to hear more about sort of that, it's quite, I think that interview is quite good. And she has some really good perspectives about you know, having like the token whatever character and how she feels about it because her books were quite um, like really diverse cast of characters. Yeah, which was quite I think cool. she made the point at the time that, you know, at least by including diverse characters, we're growing the conversation. If I remember correctly, that was yes. like one of her main things is that, you know, you want to grow the conversation. Sure, you might come up against like some people who disagree but you're still growing a conversation about it which is important definitely so yeah check out the interview with Kara Lee from our back catalog if, if you find this conversation interesting that kind of brings us to our final point which is whether we have any tips for making our books more diverse and inclusive I think Ashley had a little bit of notes to complete when she sent me the outline. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) She put research, (laughs) full stop. And I kind of laughed at that because it really is about research, um, which is definitely (laughs) key. (laughs) But also I think, you know, kind of what I was building off what I was saying before is that being open to viewing people's experiences and stepping into their shoes in real life, you know, even though, America is one of the biggest examples of racism occurring. It does actually happen everywhere and we need to be aware of not only the current situation, but the history and how that affects the present. You know, I know in New Zealand, there's often a division between people of Maori descent and New Zealand European descent. Um, I don't know how many times I've heard people complain about Maori trying to take their land back or thinking that Maori think they're entitled there's also kind of like a picture painted of Maori being poor, uneducated, and like degenerates of society. 
drinking too much, eating unhealthily, etc., etc., and worse, that it's all their fault for being that way. So aside from being a pretty pernicious kind of stereotype, if you look into science, environment, environmental factors, if they're present in a population for a long enough period of time, can actually change your DNA and predispose you to certain illnesses. And that's nothing to say of cultural factors that are born sometimes from necessity. You know, for example, like I just remember doing a lot of study about this. And one of the things that came up in one of the papers that I was studying on population health was that you you have like a generation, a past generation who, you know, they've never had the opportunity to have prime meat or the best food available because back then, you know, they they weren't the, um, you know, like there was a lot of like UK invaded New Zealand and began immigrating to New Zealand. The Maori, you know, they didn't have a lot of the the food necessarily available. They got a lot of their land taken away and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they learned to use what food is available and use what they had, which is often fattier or has additives to make the food more palatable. And so over time, this becomes ingrained in tradition. So, you know, like my Nana cooked it this way kind of thing. And then you get a group of people who have a custom that predisposes toward obesity. But there's tons of example of this kind of thing happening. But it's also something that a lot of people never even think about and why it's so important to take into account people's histories, even generations back, to work out why um, a population of people are the way they are in the present. So research not only the present situation, but also the past. And we did quite a lot of that with Cassie's character in we ancient did, yeah. Greece book. And like the yeah. history of like Greek immigration in New York and like tons of things like that and where they lived and Yeah, and why the reasons for why people immigrated to places and mm-hmm. what effect that had on them, like whether that made them very poor, like how much money they had when they came to a new place like all these things eventually affect your present generation so you have to really take into account the history of someone's past even be like before their lifetime to gain a sense of why they were raised the way the way they were raised and that will bring more diversity to your writing if you begin thinking further back than just your character but yeah also talking to people from a diverse background and getting them to read your work can be hugely beneficial if you can manage it. I mean, we don't necessarily have contacts available for this, but it would be really great if we could. And, you know, if anyone does read our books and think, oh, you know, they've done a really crappy job of portraying this particular character, please let us know. Because, you know, people who have been in that situation might be able to point out places where you've accidentally adhered to a stereotype or imbued your own misguided beliefs into the character's psyche because that can kind of sometimes happen unintentionally where you think you're being sensitive and you're really not. So um, yeah, <laughs> I think that can really help if you can find someone from that from their ethnicity or culture or background that can give you advice on your character. 
Definitely. What do you think, Ashley? So, obviously, I had written research full stop because I hadn't quite (laughs) finished my notes. But I, this is very timely. So, I was at a writing conference yesterday and the, what do you call it? The keynote speaker was Witi Ihamaira, which is a, who is a New Zealand, a very famous New Zealand author. He wrote probably... Um, international audiences will know Whale Rider as his novel that, um, you know, is really popular, but he's written a whole lot of other. Um, Didn't he get offered a night ship? Did he cl- I decline so. it? I can't remember. I'd have I to look know. it up. Um, he's so, yeah, it's very, but anyway, it's very, very anyways. popular, very famous New Zealand writer. A lot of um, short stories you study in high school in New Zealand are his, either his or um, Catherine Mansfield's short stories. Uh, so he was, he's, um, He's of Maori descent and, you know, he was fascinating. He gave a lot of really interesting um, insights into writing and all sorts of things. But he did bring up uh, diversity in his talk and I'm going to steal his advice because I thought it was really great. Um, he said that he's like, you know, I, I'm familiar with the Maori culture, but I'm not as, you know, he's not as familiar with other other cultures or um, people from other backgrounds. So he said that he makes a point to read not just diverse literature, but diverse literature by diverse authors Mm -hmm. as a way to um, make sure that he's, I guess, learning how to portray the diverse characters he wants in his cast. And I thought that was really great. Yes, like the important part being the diverse authors part. Um, yeah, yeah. So I that's going to be my tip, and I'm going to use his advice on that as well. It's good advice. I thought it was really, I thought it was really, really great. <laughs> he tip. also suggested, which I really like. This isn't really to do with diversity, but he like writes himself like little notes about things, like words of encouragement or like quotes and things and then like hides them cute. around his house <laughs> that's lovely like so he'll be like he's like you know I'll be you know tidying the couch and I'll find a piece of paper that I tucked back there like three years ago and it'll have like a little quote on it and I was like oh my god <laughs> that's the best thing ever <laughs> oh dear so anyways that was harder to thing. do with small kids but <laughs> yeah yeah finding a piece of paper and eating it or something but I don't know anyways I thought it was quite funny and I liked it a lot so he was very interesting um and that was his tip for um helping make your books more like I guess the diversity in your books more authentic and I thought it was a really a really good way of ensuring you're not like perpetuating a stereotype (laughs) yes accidentally um so it kind of brings us to the end of this conversation unless you had anything else you want to add Sarah Nope. nope. I think we've had a very good discussion about diversity in fiction. Excellent. So we could perhaps move on to mistakes of the month if you've found any. I have. Um, so I have two of my own and then one of our listeners sent in with a mistake in his work. Um, so I'll say his one first, which is it's it's kind of interesting where it's snot poured from his eyes so i'm not sure whether like he got confused when he was writing and had like 
um, it was supposed to be tears poured from his eyes or whether it was supposed to be snot poured from his nose. But clearly something got lost in translation as he was writing, which is kind of funny. <laughs> That's a slightly um, gross description. But <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to send you all away with visions of snot pouring from someone's eyes. That's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so my ones. <laughs> So one of them was, the soldier was badly wounded, but not so bad that it stopped his hands from locking tightly around my ankle in a death drip. <laughs> death drip. I like it. So that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I get like this vision of melting hands. <laughs> and then there was one that I found that um, just as I was trying to look up like places to walk um like as a family with my daughter and like in the um stroller and I was looking at different parks kind of in our area and I found this review like on google reviews and I thought it was just really funny because it shows how important um oxford commas are (laughs) (laughs) so it said, nice walk, clean and friendly people. No, no. <laughs> I think it was su- supposed to be nice walk, clean, comma, and friendly people. But then I just got this <laughs> clean and friendly people, which I thought was great. I was like, nice to know that they shower often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. So I thought that was like a group, like a really cute way of showing how Oxford commas can totally change a sentence. <laughs> how about you, Ashley? Any mistakes of the month? Um, I found one this month. Um, it's not particularly funny, but then I kind of started imagining it a bit more in my mind and then I found it quite amusing. So the mistake was a smile escaped on Tamsin's lip. And then all I could imagine was like either one lip becoming two lips and like a mini (laughs) smile on it or like one lip staying straight and the other lip like attempting to smile. And I was like, oh my God. funnier. Yeah. So that was mine. Um, (laughs) It's like a weird curve. Yeah. (laughs) Like trying to keep one flat. I don't know. (laughs) It's quite funny. So that that was mine. Um, anyways, we should probably wrap this up as we're getting close to time. Yes. So if you would like to be on our author spotlight, you can apply by going to lindersoncreations.com and hovering your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu, and it should give you a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, it's our next culture and creativity episode where we're going to talk about writing a Sestina poem, which I don't even know what that Mm. is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. I can't remember what it is. We will learn things (laughs) and then share them with you. (laughs) It just like sounds like we've just pulled this idea out of like nowhere which we kind of did but like I did like consider them when we come up with ideas we're kind of like oh yeah this will be really fun but it's been so long since we like came up with like a huge list of ideas for the culture and creativity that I have no idea (laughs) what this is going to look like so tune in for that yep um 
Anyways, if you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Linderson Creations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Thank you.